0: And welcome to cast with your hosts, us. Us. <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> it's Greg, Mike, and Richard. Welcome.
1: Hello. <laughs> Richard. Oh, my okay. word. Okay, right. tonight's Here. show yeah. is sort of a revisit and sort of not back to a question that we were asked. And the question was went somewhat along the lines of, will... Universal Hall or Florida building the uh, Wizards world of Harry Potter be competition for Disney. And we kind of offhandedly said no one night that people are going to go to both parks, you know, no matter what. Sure. We bl- would bleed off anything from uh, Walt Disney World. But now there's uh, kind of a long, lengthy, uh, chest-pounding, finger-wagging article on Reimagineering's uh, blog uh, at Reimagineering. No. Imagineer- well, what- the name Imagineering.
0: Of, the name of the Go blog ahead. is Reimagineering. The website is Imagineer
1: eBirth.blogspot.com. Correct. So, anyways, basically what it was saying that uh, last May, Warner Brothers. In Universal, it was announced we're going to partner to do a 20 acre plus harry potter theme park within a park, and it's going to be at Universal's Island of Adventure. And it also said that Disney's Imagineering had officially lost this bid. So some thought, I, I heard some speculation saying, oh, that's really bad for Imagineering. It's too bad that Disney couldn't have got this. Okay, so... This article is alluding to it's a good thing and we can go over a few of those um, they're calling these. it
0: a, they're calling it a cause for celebration
1: well yeah but well, here, <laughs> here's here's the funny thing i I'll, I'll go over this a little bit it's certainly no loss to the notoriously quality obsessed JK Rowling either Universal is sparing no expense to make sure this fully immersive environment will be the highest of caliber. Now, we know for a fact, and I'm pretty sure you two will agree with me, that Universal is the most (laughs) half-assed theme park design group on the planet. (laughs) Don't
2: don't hold back, Greg. How do you really feel about that?
1: These are guys, some ex-Imagineers, some movie set designers, people who should know how... To put you in an immersive environment. That's what their business is, correct? Correct. Yes. They've had some great attractions, or I should say attractions that start off with a lot of great ideas and are very weakly executed. uh, Executed. Thank you. Perfect word. And I'm going based based only off the Hollywood ones. I haven't been to Florida's. Jurassic Park. Great concept. Pretty weak attraction. Uh, E.T. E.T., and the funny thing about ET, I saw compared in the paper once to Peter Pan. Nothing against Peter Pan; it's a dark ride, but that's not much of a comparison for a brand new multi-million dollar ride at uh, Universal to say, "Hey, it's, it's it's like Peter Pan."
2: Yeah, comparing it to another ride that's been around since 1955
0: at Disneyland. Yes, exactly. I never, I never got to go on ET at Universal.
2: You really, you really didn't miss anything. And and here's one thing you're talking about: poorly executed. The biggest problem with ETA was great as long as you looked straight ahead. The moment you turned around and looked behind you, the moment you looked above you or below you, or I should say below was fine, but the moment you looked above, you saw the ceiling, the false ceiling panels above you with the lights, the holes cut in for the stage lighting to come through. Yeah, you and know. You look, that- you look behind you, and all you saw was the the backside of the cardboard sets there, you really lost a lot if you looked anything. And I think that's part of one of the things is universal a lot. And tell me if you agree with this, Greg, universal, when you go through their stuff, they're very two dimensional to where they're expecting you to look just straight ahead on this. If you go to look at anything else, you're going to lose the effect, unlike Disney, which is a lot more three-dimensional, and that goes into what you've talked about in the past, about the detail orientation.
1: I'll, I'll say a little bit of yes, a little bit of no, because I think there are many Disney attractions. If you take too many looks to the, the top or too hard to the left or right, you'll see some crap, too. Um, my point is, more along the way, if they start off with a good story and end weekly, I think uh, E.T. was kind of a cool cue. You know, you're walking through the forest. It had some interesting concepts. I just think it was really weakly executed. And landing on E.T.'s uh, planet was like a acid trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that is that is a good plan. <laughs> uh, good
1: description of with that. The um, uh, Back to the Future attraction. And I love the Back to the Future. Oh, thing. I hated
2: that one with a passion. You know,
1: it was really cool being in the, De- in the DeLorean. But I felt like I was in a DeLorean stuck on a big I-beam, and just shook up and down. And yeah, yeah. see all the other DeLoreans around you. So you lost the uniqueness of it being, you know, first perspective, and I guess you could say, uniquely to you. You saw all the other ones, and it just kind of lost its uh, removing you from reality, I guess.
2: And also, from my perspective, there was no real uh, synchronization between the movement of the car compared to the movement of the picture. It was just... We're going to go fly in all these different directions, and we're just going to shake you a whole lot. Yes, and give you a really good headache by the end of the ride. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of their shows, I feel like people are are kind of jogging through them. It's like, oh, I've got to run over here, la di da di bang 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 bang. Oh, I've got to run over here and grab the rope and swing across, bang 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 bang. Uh, now there, I have seen Disney shows at times that seemed a little lackluster, but. Uh, as many times as Mike and I went back in the day when we had annual passes, and you know, you went through the Galactic, um, Bowser Galactica thing on the tram, you know, and the Starbucks guy or whoever, he runs to one cannon, bam, 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 oh, I better run over here and get yeah, this one. Yeah. Over there. Bam, and the bam, bam, the bam, Cylons bam. aren't
0: moving, they're just kind of splitting in half. And, yeah,
1: yeah. and like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very typical of attraction after attraction for Universal. And let's face it, the captains
2: over at the Jungle Cruise are just a little bit more into their storyline there.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, any live show, think of any live show Disney does, the people tend to seem like they really want to do it. They're they they they're performers. And it's it seems like a lot of those um, Universal ones, they're not performers. They're the guy who couldn't get trained to drive the tram or wasn't smart enough to grab tickets at the gate. <laughs> But you know he could put on a costume and run around and point a gun, and you know it worked
0: you know uh, in looking for my footage for the companion video of uh, overlays that we did, I yeah. came across a videotape of our trips to universal and i yeah. have and I have that Battlestar Galactica sequence on tape <laughs> I wonder if maybe, I, maybe you have to make a companion maybe I have trip. to strip it off and put it out there
1: so they're saying right. that you know. Uh, J.K. Rowling is, you know, quality quality obsessed. So I really think she, being, uh, I guess, a Brit, has no clue that Universal is not what you would call quality obsessed oh, yeah. with, with their stuff. Now, step back a second, and back when I worked at the park still, I read a trade magazine after Universal uh, Florida opened, and that particular trade magazine claimed in their opinion, that Universal, Florida was one of the best designed and laid out theme parks in the country, and that it was very good. Now, that
2: was I, the original Universal, not uh, Isle of Adventure, correct?
1: Uh, that's correct. Now, Island of Adventure, um, no, it's that's mainly from what I right Thrill uh, rides, right. 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 yeah. Just
2: yeah. roller coasters, yeah. That's,
1: that's why I'm kind of surprised that they're going to do this at that particular park, but that's what they say. Um. So what they're trying to say, though, is that that Universal's taking a cue from early Wed, that they're not just going to you know take kids from art school or freelance out to what these guy co- these guys call fly by night design firms. What I don't think they realize is some of these supposed fly by night design firms are ex Imagineers who got laid off and, and form consulting <laughs> and, uh, and and.
2: And let's not, let's also be realistic on the art school. Uh, CalArts, California Institute of the Arts, was developed by, helped developed by Walt Disney expressly. So he had continuing artists coming into both WED and uh, animation departments. So, you know, saying that you're not going to take art students, that was what was making up WED back in, as they said in the article, the glory days. That was art students.
1: Yes. So... I, I know. It, it, sometimes I wonder who's writing these things over there, and they're not really. Well, well, it's the same. It's the same
0: mindset of, you know, it's myth. It's been around myth lo- as lo- long enough that maybe they take it for truth.
1: Yeah, that you know, like it,
0: like the yeah, I, like people giving you guided tours or you know insiders saying that you know there's a basketball court inside the Manhorn. You
1: know, so well, you know, it was I, built I mean, that way, and yeah, part part of what they say is right. <laughs> you know, it's. Yes, Early Wed was what? It was all the people from the studio. So yes, Early Wed was, but as it continued and the, in the, the uh, animation continued at the studio, that's, like Richard said, uh, the Art Institute or CalArts Cal was created and endowed by Walt to provide not only just... Um, Keep the talent pool up. Art, you know, uh, to teach art to, to kids in general, but also so he would have a place to go cherry-pick the best from so yeah, that, was,
2: that was the whole purpose because they not only did deal with two-dimensional art there but three-dimensional art there which was you had your two-dimensional that went into your animation but you had your three-dimensional that was that was absolutely needed for anything that was developed over at wed
1: yes yeah, so to continue on a little bit this is after the official press release from warner brothers in universal orlando you thought that bob Iger would be marching several legions of disney executives <laughs> to the guillotine, or that an angry mob of stockholders would be storming a castle. Instead, a group of resilient, battle-weary Imagineers were quickly quickly grinning from ear to ear, cracking open a bottle of champagne, and starting out upon a very, very blue sky, in quotations. And then they're talking about, they've, you know, chats with Imagineers. During the last couple of decades, they'll tell you that the good old days back in the 70s and 80s when the company took pride in being an industry leader and it was not only fun but vital for Imagineering to one up the competition so what they're trying to get to is that by Universal doing this it's going to give them a chance to finally one up the competition because they feel that this will be good enough that they'll have to then trump it with one more
0: yeah, the, the key phrase, I think, is that the heritage of Disney Imagineering,
1: however, is one of building
0: franchises from the ground up.
1: Okay, now that's the one I, I was hoping one of you two would get to that phrase. <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. Did Imagineers have been building franchises from, or oh, I should say Imagineering Wed. I would say the last franchise they really built up was probably what Mansion Pirates, Big Thunder, you know, Space Mountain. These are in all the parks around the world. But
2: I would, I would have to say Big Splash. Thunder was your last original. Okay, so Big that, Thunder,
1: got, Big Thunder. Yeah, you got Thunder Mesa,
0: uh, Splash Mountain. Right. Well, Splash <laughs> it supposedly takes
1: its cues from Song of the South. So, right, but okay, all Dis all, that, Disney, that's, all it, that's still based off of Disney.
2: Yeah, that's that's a, Splash Mountain's a legitimate one. Yeah, it comes from a Walt Disney attraction. Uh, Uh, feature film that the attraction elaborates on that. Oh, and by the way, I have heard the rumor. Maybe I got it from one of you guys. Song of the South, supposedly, is going to be released this next year
1: in the United States. I have not heard that. Bob Iger has made a 180-degree turn.
2: That's what the rumor came across this summer. It was part of the same rumor that... uh, Disneyland USA was going to be released during the summer. Well, it didn't get released, but it's supposed to be released, I think, this next month on one of their uh, silver cases, the 1956 travelogue, Disneyland USA, that we've talked about before. But out of that same uh, little rumor sheet that I was reading, uh, they were saying that, yes, uh, Bob Iger said, absolutely, we're going to release Song of the South. Uh, This next year, because it was a major piece of Disney artwork, and he was saying it pretty much for the most part. It speaks for itself. Uh, You know, there's those that are going to complain about it, but. I don't
1: believe it. Okay, that's nice. But back to the show.
0: Uh, (laughs) All right. Okay, see, the way I read this, the heritage of Disney Imagineering is building franchises from the ground up. So, yes mansion qualifies big thunder qualifies pirates qualifies these were these were attractions not based on some other disney property
1: i was gonna say i'm gonna go back and agree that yes uh, splash let's not count splash because it was based off of something pre-existing correct because you left out the one sentence that says universal can go ahead and follow the franchise i I didn't
0: think that i didn't think that was material the 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 statement is the heritage imagineering is to do this screw everybody else is
1: understood you could possibly say maybe the newest franchise could be Everest. Okay. Because uh, potentially although, Everest could go somewhere although I, else. In-
0: although I think it's been influenced by Matterhorn. Uh,
1: okay. I, you know, Well, were- Matterhorn came from another
2: movie. came from Third Man on the Mountain. So if you're going to discount... Uh, Okay, Splash
1: that's Mountain, Richard. I don't want to say that Third Man on the Mountain" was an obscure film, but it's not like the whole. Okay, it's where not, in Third it's Man? Not obscure in
2: 1959 it, when
1: the mountain was built. Okay, Did you hear what I. I didn't. I said I'm not going to say that it was obscure, but other than the mountain being there, that attraction has nothing to do with the movie. Unlike Splash, which has. Everything to do with song of the South. Well, have, okay, half to do have to do because half those animal scenes aren't you know oh, okay but now uh and you know there were rumors for years that there would be a Matterhorn built possibly in a Swiss pavilion or the german pavilion you know there was there were rumors persisting, and we kept you know saying, when we worked at the park or when I worked at the park, if I know Richard will remember talking about this, that it'll never happen because to put it in scale at Epcot would really create problems because of the size it would have to be. But what has Disney let's get back to the okay, imagineering what, fra- what franchises well think about this. The test. heritage of Disney Imagineering is to build the, building franchises from the ground up. In the last ten years, what have they been building?
0: Well Pixar attractions. Pixar, yeah, But okay but there's stuff at Epcot, you know the test track, that's not based on any friggin' movie, is it?
1: No, 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 no. It's not based on any uh, particular movie. Mission Space, no, not based Uh, on any movie. It was supposed to have a tie-in with um, that Gary Sinise, uh, was it Mission to Mars? Mission to Mars, yeah.
2: I got to say that, I don't know, I haven't been on it, but I would say that's kind of a weak, that's like Space Mountain had that tie-in with uh, Black Hole back in the 70s. How
1: so did it have a tie-in with the Black Hole?
2: Remember when all, all the commercial, all the, they had the black hole stuff when you went down in, through the queue area, when you went up the exit, they had all those little monitors talking about the black hole, and it was all the advertisements that was just the synergistic thing that was going on with the black hole. I would, now, like I said, I haven't been on Mission Space, but I would say uh, trying to tie in Mission to Mars to Mission Space, with the exception that they both go to Mars. I don't know
1: let's see right. after Gary Sinise is the narrator or your Capcom in the movie, Gary Sinise is one of the stars. Space Mountain, when it was announced had no tie-ins with the black hole, so they threw the black hole on some monitors on the way out. Uh, there was no pre advertisement of the black hole in space no, mountain i'm just
2: I'm just saying how much do you how much do you really want to tie in mission space to that movie well,
1: i'm not saying now they totally dropped any tie in or reference when the movie tanked so <laughs> uh but they haven't really been building franchises they've been building a lot of you know dark rides or uh thrill tr- i
0: mean i mean okay could something be both could something be both the thrill and what you would consider a franchise or landmark attraction
1: yeah, Everest, I think is one. You you kind of okay. tie that back to uh, Matterhorn. I wouldn't uh, well, yet yet he's got you know something in common, I guess. But I'm
0: just I'm just you know in the very basic, simple twenty five word or less description. It's a roller coaster <laughs> based on a mountain with a monster inside. Okay, at, at, you know at that fifty thousand foot view, yes, you might. Okay.
1: Now you're getting you going into, to? like, descriptions where they describe every Disney movie or every Disney attraction.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone's as, lost yeah. it. You know, mom's hurt. Yeah, I know. I just, you know. Uh, yeah. Yes, it could be original, but maybe, you know, the 90% level, not at the 100% level.
1: I, I see where you're going, but uh, we've, we've <laughs> had, you know, you, Tower of Terror, great ride based on just, Twilight Zone. Sure. Twilight Zone. You've got uh, rock and roller coaster, based on uh, a rock group. let well, see.
2: Well, wait yeah, a okay,
1: you know, rock mean? and roller coaster has a shred more yeah. originality to
0: it than Tower of Terror, don't you think?
2: I right, rock and roller coaster a you thin, have, you
0: have shred. <laughs> thin shred. shred. Okay. No,
2: rock um, and roller coaster. That the whole purpo- the whole thing on that one was, we're going to have this roller coaster with this rock music track, and they happen to. I mean, it wasn't based "quote unquote" onto a band. They found the band and then started modifying parts
1: of it. I mean, but I mean, the original idea was separate. Forget the original idea. We're talking about what was well, I mean, structured and made, and it's just, all advertised. It's rock and roller coaster with Aerosmith. Aerosmith. I mean, because you Not know that the with the hits of today, the actual it's ride,
0: <laughs> it could have been anything, right? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean this California Screaming, same same concept. Heck, I bet you even the mummy, the indoor inverting looping roller coaster, at Universal's got some, you know, shared components with rock and roller coaster.
1: I guarantee you that the rock and roller coaster is off the shelf. They said, okay, we want one with you know, uh, a you know, you know, the the, the, well, the we need a corkscrew,
2: you know, a, a loop. Well, the mummy roller coaster up at Universal has that whole one where you go forward and then you go backward and then continue on. That's the same thing they have over at Everest where it switches the track around. Yes.
0: You're doing that one. Yes.
1: Forever. But it's still
0: a ride. It's inside. doesn't go very high.
1: Rock you it. know what? Well, it, it's not unlike, it's very, very similar, just longer, uh, to the old corkscrew at knots. And there was a very similar one used to be at, uh, uh, Tampa's Dark Cotton. Dark Cotton, yeah. I don't know if that one's still there, and it was almost a duplicate of the one at uh, Knott's Berry Farm.
2: All right, let's see. What else? I mean, I Mil- think it was the exact same attraction.
1: Uh, no, I think it was a little longer. I had like one or more turns at the end, but like I say, it's all bolt together. Uh, give me a right turn, give me a left turn, give me 60 degrees. I mean, come on. How, how, how about Maelstrom? That's original. Uh, yeah, but how old is Maelstrom?
0: 19. 19- 89 is when Norway opened. Yeah. Anything more recent than that that's original? I mean cuz Big Thunder's what?
1: 78?
0: 79. 79. Mansion and that
1: Pirates is older 66. than that. Yeah. Uh,
0: what are we forgetting? I feel like we're forgetting something.
1: Let's see you could you could try Rocket Rods ma- major failure. He said test Let's- track, you know, okay. Loosely though, think about it. If you want to get kind of squirrely on what it's based on, it's based on how cars are developed and tested. And I mean, it's probably that's really loose to get this tie-in. That's well, yeah, not, I, you know, I, don't I don't
0: think, think it captures something. the imagination like pirates at mansion. Imagine- all right, so
1: no, 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 not not even. It's just a it's a quick thrill. Is all. All it. right, so your point but, altogether is that
0: Imagineering. This guy is saying on the Imagineering blog that that The challenge has been thrown down, and they're relishing the opportunity to build something from the ground up while Universal settles by taking an established franchise, right? And, and you're getting to the point that BS they, they can't do it because they haven't done it for 30 years.
1: Uh, no, I'm not saying BS, I'm thinking this guy's got a little pixie dust blown up his ass because <laughs> there is Doesn't not that hurt. <laughs> it- well, especially if it comes off the end of that wand. But,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know anything about those that, those matters, but I, I'm, I'm just guessing that sounds like that would hurt.
1: I'm looking at her wand. It looks like it's got a little, yeah, it looks like it would hurt. Um, I don't think we've seen anything in the last 10, 15 years to uh, For make- say, say in the movies, you're not blowing uh, air up my skirt. Yeah. Or went up like my that, skirt. Yeah, they're not. Where do you see anything that tells you that? I've always Disney, known but, that
2: was a skirt, not a kilt.
1: Where, <laughs> where have you seen that? It'll show anything that Disney's up for this that they will go all out. I'm still skeptical whether or not uh, Universal will do a decent job. But I hope they do because I think the whole Harry well, Potter mythology. Well well, okay, if they do if
0: they if they do a standard universal job on it, then imagine they really won't have to stretch themselves to trumpet.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. They could almost do um, oh what could they do that we don't like that would compare? They could almost do superstar limo if the (laughs) universal does it. Yeah,
2: really. But let me let me let me put it into another perspective. How about this? Um, kind of the view I've seen from the comp- just from my little angle on it, is the company really hasn't put that much over the last few years onto WDI on creating stuff. It's like, oh, just give us something. Just snap the fingers. It's done. It's, it's not like they've been really pushed to the limits on creating another Pirates or another mansion or even another Space Mountain. They, and. Consequently, yeah, WDI has worked on projects, and then they're gone. They'll come in and, and especially the last twenty years, it's go build a park that's identical to what we already have, and then be gone with it. It's nothing. Okay, really well, original. let's
1: let's let's not be totally but, disingenuous here. You can't say that uh, building Paris Disneyland was just give me the same park we already have. That park's beautiful. It's well, no, I'm not. I'm similar, I'm not. but it's different. Disney Seas. Now, when's, how old this, is this? Well,
2: okay, there, there's, you want original, that was probably one of the last big original things. But what I'm seeing, what this is what I'm getting at, is the imagine, Imagineering really has been kind of put on the back burner as far as the company is. It's like, yeah, we can do something like that. But now suddenly here, Universal stepping up to the plate, and they're really saying they're going to knuckle down, they're going to really put something out, and let's say the Imagineers are saying, ah, now we're going to see real competition here. Suddenly they're going to come back at us and they're going to understand that it's, you know, they're going to ask us to really do something and rather than just throw something together. They're really going to be asking something out of Imagineering to come out for uh, future projects because well, now they've
1: that, got some real competition. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah. But this article is written like yeah, it's an absolute. It's, it's going to happen now. And, you know, everybody got it all excited, got a big old Woody when uh, John Lasseter came in. You know, he held up on the subs opening. You know, the subs is quaint. It's nostalgic. But again, there's another Pixar. It's a Nemo. It's a video projection. Yeah. Uh, You know, yeah, it's all cute and fuzzy and, you know, blah, blah, blah.
2: And I, I think that's what they're that uh, that might be kind of where they're coming from is, you know, you're looking at John Lasser, okay, he's gonna come in and do but what are we looking at? We're looking at Nemo, which Nemo and Living Seas will put them together because they're essentially the same thing. Um we had Buzz Lightyear, okay, we're putting we're making
1: some might argue that they're not the same because 'cause they're different ride vehicles and such, but you know, they're it's
0: still the same vehicles, weak, cheesy ass story.
2: And was okay, that someone's got, lost
1: again and we're looking for him?
2: Yeah. <laughs> if he get, keeps getting lost, just, you know, let him be, uh, let him be sushi. You know,
1: well, yeah, I was saying, shouldn't that be what the circle of life is about? That <laughs> That's right. Thinning the herd. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but,
2: you know, and then you have Buzz Lightyear. Okay, everybody's great. Everybody's happy. we got a new ride going in over at California Adventure. It's going to be Midway Madness. But essentially, it's the same type. We, we've said this before. It's going to be the same as far as we've seen and heard. It's going to be the same type of ride as Buzz Lightyear, just with the different pictures and different uh, different overlay. Essentially, yeah, yeah, different overlay to it. And we're, you know, we've talked about pix, you know, the Pixaration of the parks. We're seeing more and more where it's kind of becoming the same thing over and over again. It's nothing really spectacularly original. Coming out of anything in there, and I think that's where they're coming from. Of suddenly, the the line is being drawn in the sand, and suddenly they're going to be the company is going to look at them in a whole different light. Of oh, well, maybe we do need something more out of them
1: now. With all that air out, and <laughs> you said all that in a very long, roundabout way. Yes, I did. Disney, but I like doing that. Yes, I know. And occasionally, it might be nice if you finished a whole sentence. Uh the when Disneyland you stop in the middle all the time and move on to something else. When Disneyland opened, I'm gonna say seventy five percent, I'm just throwing a number out and I I would have to count up of the attractions were based on existing Disney movies. Fair. So what's wrong with establishing a franchise on a franchise? Nothing.
2: Nothing. But you have okay. We we have we have the attra- let's let's start with Disneyland of fifty five. You have several attractions that are are dark rides that are very similar, essentially the same vehicle. Uh, Snow White, Mr. Toad, uh, same type of vehicle
1: running. Uh, Pinocchio stop, came later. Can You stop on Snow White for a second. Uh, this okay. is just this is my tangent of the night maybe. 1955 Disneyland opens. How old was Snow White? Not in the movie, but how old was the movie when Disneyland opened?
0: Twenty-five years. Twenty-seven years. Seventeen years. No, seventeen. Do the math
2: properly. Yeah. No, no, I,
0: I no, I did the I did the I did the Jeopardy thing. You ring in and then yeah. start thinking, <laughs> and then come up with the answer. Seventeen years, Is that, right? Thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight to fifty-five,
1: seventeen years. Okay, yeah. Okay, now it, this is why I asked that. Remember in, a, in the past we've talked about well, why not have one of the last great Disney uh, movies, animation features be a dark ride? And somebody you know would say, well, there hasn't been any. That's why we're getting all the Pixar attractions. And I say, well, why not go back to something like. Beauty and the Beast or um, Lion King. Mermaid, Lion King. Why not make an attraction out of one of these? And people say, well, they're old. Well, when Disneyland opened, you got the example of Snow White being 17 years old. Peter Pan would have been only, what, maybe a couple of years old? Was that 53? I think so. Uh, Shoot, Sleeping Beauty wasn't even out yet. and They never cast that. So, why why not? Why couldn't there, we there do one- th- that right now with uh, uh, with unquestionably some of the finest animation Disney's ever done? Sure, it's a decade old. So what? I think people would still get into it and go for it.
2: Let me start by saying I agree with you. There, there. I, I have absolutely no problem going back and you know ten. Ten years back to some of those 10, ten fifteen years back, even twenty years back to some of those movies, because I think they would be worthwhile and if I remember correctly uh, didn 't we read somewhere the rumor sheet of uh, there 's supposed to be a little mermaid attraction that 's getting ready to be built at
1: Disneyland or something like that uh, i haven't he's already got the one that we saw mocked up at the 100. yeah but
2: I, I heard something of a rumor that we're supposed to be putting over at Disneyland. I have not seen or heard anything around Disneyland this, that says that, but I think it was one of those Al Lutz stories, but um, there is a difference between then and now, and the biggest one is back then in 55, television was fairly new. You only had, what, three, four, five channels in your best markets. You didn't have videotape. You didn't have DVDs. You still had movies. Disney was still re-releasing movies every seven years. So within that period, Snow White would have been released, re-released in the th- movie theater. A whole new generation of kids see it. It's still relative to that time. Disney doesn't do that anymore. What they do is they release the videotapes or the DVDs now. And the, it, it's kind of changed the perspective. And you do get somebody that says, well, that's old. Well, you know, in some perspectives, yes, it is, but we don't have that re-release happening like we used to.
1: But isn't Pirates and Mansion Old? Why not just gut them and do something new? Because they they have lasting staying power. And I think right. if you have a story like Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, who have lasting power and imagery that you remember, like right now, people are upset they can't. I've heard a few people say, "I want to get Beauty and the Beast." Can't find it because it's in the vault. Come know, if if on. <laughs> something like that was timed, might, Richard, are you playing with your mic again?
2: Yeah, because I'm coughing right now. I'm turning the mute on, and in the meantime, I'm having a little bit of a problem yeah. hearing what you're just saying. Just put too. your
1: hand over the mic, and it might not be so disruptive. Uh, you know, you could time an attraction with a release from the vault. I think that kind of a, that kind of stuff would work. But yeah, I don't want that, to go it, too too far into that. It, it reminded well, me of something I was thinking about this morning. And because uh, you know the basic point of this is that this is this article just is emphatic that this is going to bring the Imagineers out of their hole, yeah. and you know there's no but guarantee as long as the bean counters are holding tight <laughs> to their money.
2: Yeah, but going going back to where I was start originally started in '55. Okay, you got your dark rides. You have a couple of rides that are very avian today. They're still very the, exa- essentially the exact same. Uh, vehicle, just a different storyline. You had the little originality with Peter Pan being the overhead monorail track, but then when you get into Frontierland with uh, um Davy Crockett and everybody, suddenly you're not having dark rides over there. It's the frontier. You had, you know, they had various different things. You had the little mine train going through,
1: which was dark uh, at night. So <laughs> well, it was all dark.
2: Night. <laughs> Okay, but you, you had a whole different type of presentation of things. And then when you get into Adventureland, again, a whole different type of presentation. It wasn't just a little dark ride. Over the last except couple of years, except tonight, over the last couple of years, with the Pixaration of uh, what, you know, what we always refer to as the Pixaration of the park, is in essence, all they are are just, uh, just very similar dark ride type uh, attractions. Even the submarines we talked about was a glorified dark ride.
1: And what's wrong with that?
2: There's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy submarines myself personally.
1: No, I meant but, dark general.
2: But with a capital B, I'm saying is it would be not – I think what they're looking at is this is going to up the uh, ante as far as attractions. It'll be interesting to see what Universal does with Harry Potter. And how Disney reacts to it if they're going to, you know, Everest was really nice. I, I have yet to see. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. But it's going to up the ante with Disney. Of, okay, we can't just build an, you know, if you cut that park,
1: chain, you could go next week or again in December.
2: Yeah, right. Thanks. Uh, we can't just build another Pixar dark ride. We need something a little bit more oomph to it. And yeah, yet
1: we're building two of them right now. Two Pixar rides.
2: And, right, which are using very similar... You know, they're essentially a dark rides type thing. We we could do something with Pixar that's fine, but let's try to add something a little bit more to it.
1: But what can you do with... A, you got Pixar, basically, animation, kids' stories, young adults. Uh, they've made them well enough that the adults can sit down and enjoy them with their kids. But well, I'm just, what would you do with a pixar animated film that would be much more than a dark red
2: but what i'm saying is we need an attraction with a little bit more oomph if you want to put pixar to it fine but let's put an attraction that has a little bit more something a little more gusto to it like another pirates or another mansion and you know everybody keeps saying though i don't want to say everybody there are those that say well pixar is available let's use that you know use that storytelling there Fine, but let's make something that's a little bit more of a Pirates or a little more mansion. If you can't do it with Pixar, okay, let's find something that we can do it with. But I think that's where they're coming at as the this line in the sand is going to be drawn that people are going to suddenly look at at Universal and say, oh, yeah, that's pretty good, but uh, Disney, what are you up to now? Oh, you're building another uh, dark ride. Okay,
1: what else? Well, they're they're that's what they're hoping for now. Any idea why? Any shot in the dark? Why Universal would put this at Islands of Adventure rather than Universal Florida or uh, Orlando, whatever they call it? Is Islands of Adventure suffering? Do they need this huge draw? Was there not room in that's the original a very part? Good, that's
0: a very good question. I don't know about space, but I think you got you hit the nail. More on the head with the get the people in the gate kind of a uh, mentality.
2: Yeah, I think you know, having never been there, um, just reading the stuff on it. I think it's similar to uh, a couple of things that happened over at California Adventure. They were looking at California Adventure of that's just fast rides because all they could see was the Malib- you know Paradise Pier, Malibu Mer, uh, California Screaming, Mulholland Ma- Roller Coasters. That's that's just teenagers. That's not- and island of Adventure, similar thing you just see the roller coasters they need something a little more to bring the rest of the family in to say oh yeah you have this wide range of things to come over here for but that's just a shot in the dark
1: yeah and i'm actually gonna go you know as we talk to my typical google earth to do a little overview oh yeah that's
0: a good idea i was checking out the comments on the
1: reimagining post you know, I didn't read any of the comments. I read the article and you know, there's
0: thirty eight and some of them are some of them have got some good points, but some of them are blathering. There's one there's one comment from a guy named Mr. Mark, and I wonder if it's the same Oh
1: really. I wonder and if it's what, the, I wonder what, if it's what does Mr. Mark say?
0: Does Disney, Mr. Has proven, Mark? Disney has proven that they can create mind boggling mind bogglingly incredible, immersive experiences for their guests. The prime example is Tokyo Disney Sea, where budgets were increased rather than decreased by penny pitching accountants. When Imagineers are given not only creative reign but appropriate financial resources, magic still happens. Here's to the hope that they will rise to the challenge creatively and financially, and Disney's magic will outshine the competition. So I don't know, could be our Mr. Mark.
1: Interesting. Well, I, I'm looking at an overview of it now. And I guess I might have to say, you know, I could be somewhat incorrect. The Islands of Adventure has the Dr. Seuss area now. Um, I was under the impression it was just a big, huge, um, you know, fast roller coaster attraction. This is where, you know, the Dueling Dragons roller coaster that should have been at uh, Animal Kingdom ended up. Because the Imagineers who (coughs) were let go and when they cut the budget of the Animal Kingdom ended up at Universal for a short time before they got let go there. Uh, I'm kind of interested. They say this was going to be, what, like a theme park within a theme park of, what was it, 20 acres? I I don't see 20 acres within the boundary of what they have now where they could actually build this. This is going to be interesting.
0: Um, I brought up the maps myself. So I'm looking for the island.
2: Now, interesting point, Mike. You mentioned about the... uh to- and, Greg, talking about Tokyo uh, Disney Seas, don't forget that one was developed originally for Long Beach when Disney was operating the Queen Mary, and it was supposed to be the whole park that they were going to build in Long Beach. And that was developed way back in the olden days,
1: so to speak, their what's so-called your, your, glory days. What's your point? I wouldn't put that in the glory days. That was after Eisner, you know. Eisner. Well, that, was, that
2: was back in the 80s. That was back in the 80s. Yeah, that was yeah, that was, yeah, but- was there, but what ha- but I'm seeing this is also during your time when this is uh when you still had Jack Lindquist and you had Ron Dominguez and Dick Nunes and all those folks running the parks. And- whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Well, let's 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 be a little more clear on that. Most of those people you talked about ran Disneyland, not the parks. Uh,
2: Dick Nunes ran uh the
1: Nunes Was the only one that ran the parks and it was the it was the Continental Parks. It wasn't the the uh, overseas parks, you know Eisner, all
2: one of the overseas parks, and yeah, he was the one that was the uh, helped negotiate with the along with uh, Jim Cora with uh, Oriental Land Company, and they were the two predominant people that helped develop the Disneyland Paris. But going back to back in the eighties when you only had the Cora two,
1: and this, you might want to go do yeah. some research and reading on that. But on what? On the Coran Nunes for the uh, Paris,
2: I watched the videotapes and all their presentations with the uh, French government.
1: Lies, all lies, all <laughs>
2: lies. You're going to tell me that was all made up? Um, but back in the '80s, when there were only two continental parks, Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and the only thing outside of that was Tokyo Disneyland, and when they were talking about building the Long Beach project, that was. Long, that was long before anyone had even thought of building California Adventure. That was supposed to be the second gate. Was Long Beach? Yeah,
1: no and one's there at that, that point. But I'm trying no, to what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying
2: is that's what it was all developed when all that originality was in there. And then when they pulled the plug on it, and they suggested talk to Oriental Land Company about, hey, do you want to build this? And uh, OLC was oh, by all means, they they gave, put the money up for. it. And in the meantime. We get California Adventure.
1: Okay. Again, I'm not sure what your point is about it being developed at that particular time, because if you look at the early development ideas for uh, Westcott, it was a great design too. It just, when it had to be United States money had to be spent, and a United <laughs> States corporation was the one controlling the purse strings and getting the loans, it was dumbed down.
2: Well, that was kind of my point. Was that was
1: well, I wasn't the, sure quote, I ever heard that point. So that's that why was, I was. What with, with the point well, of them.
2: No, both you and Mike made the comment about the uh, Disney Seas being so great. Well, that was developed back during that time. Even though it was built later on, it was still developed back in those quote unquote glory days. And and since California Adventure in the late nineties and uh, going into two thousand and one. Everything else, like you said, the purse strings have been tightened. Everybody uh, up in the corporate areas keeps tightening the purse strings tighter and tighter and dumbing down attractions. We haven't really seen anything really awesome, great, original. So so
0: you, so you think Disney City was built from 10-year-old, 20-year-old plans for Long Beach?
2: The whole concept was, was the Long Beach plan. Oh.
0: Okay, concept, yes. High 50,000-foot level, we need to do some ocean-themed stuff. But you really think they just went and grabbed that crap off the shelf and plopped it down in Tokyo with the right amount of money?
2: I think they went over and they grabbed that crap and they said, hey, this is a pretty good idea. Let's." De-. And when uh, they had Tokyo money, they said, let's develop this further and see what we, where we can go. Huh. Well. You know, kind of, kind of like... Uh, Greg always complaining about uh, Tony Baxter, t- had the, which talking to Tony Baxter myself personally, not reading any article, is not true, but going back and finding this Thunder Mesa idea and then coming across and saying, oh, I have this great idea for Thunder Mountain, and uh, yeah, it's a 20-year-old idea, but here, let's develop it, and it comes into this really neat attraction. I think that's pretty much what happened uh, with... Disney sees is they were using what was originally planned for Long Beach and they had a lot of development set up for Long Beach, but you know, for the various reasons it was never built and okay, we have all this, we'll put it in storage and deal with it later and Tokyo wanted to build something, you know, we were talking about another park at Disneyland and Tokyo said, well, what about us? Well, oh, we have this great idea and Tokyo said, Okay, let's see what we do with it.
1: Let's see, I'm looking at the concept drawings for... See, I'm still arguing that the 80s were no glory years for Imagineering. By the mid-80s, they were fading. Uh, and I yeah. that's part of my argument. And I'm looking at the... the okay, uh,
0: because, okay, wait, you're making that your argument because they've done nothing original since then? Is that No, one? I'm
1: just saying that nothing... We know the purse strings are being cut. And it's nothing personally against Imagineering or Imagineers. I'm just saying other than some big projects like Paris and Tokyo Seas, they, which had outside investors, we haven't seen anything to make me feel that that article is going to be substantiated. I,
2: you know who would be good we should have had as a guest on this show, Greg? Uh, two good people that would have been that could really go back and talk to and find out a lot of stuff is a person that we both worked with, Roger, who was over at W or Wed back in those days in the '80s, and also a person that you worked with too.
1: Yeah, I, though I take some of Roger's with a grain of salt because it's hard for him to say a positive thing about air. <laughs> you know, God screwed well, up with the air because he allows it to be polluted. He's
2: he, yeah. he's mellow. He's mellowed a little bit with age. He's he's a little bit better on that, but he has some really interesting stories and some. Oh no, I know,
1: don't doubt that But going that, back, but to
2: also the, the other person that you were working with no, too no, no, has some.
1: Yes, but too. you got to remember he's he's early nineties uh when major changes and suits and ties are running the place. Now, again, I'm going back to the concepts of Disney Seas in Long Beach. Disney Enterprise copyrighted all these images in 1990. Not in the 1980s, but in 1990. So granted, yes, some of them were probably done in 89. The, the nearest thing that looks like Tokyo Seas today is the um, the mountain, which is called... some. Now, I forgot. I'd have to go back and listen to...
2: Volcania, uh, I think, isn't
1: it? What uh, it's—that sounds right—at at Disney Seas that was, now. But, that was Nemo's
0: name for it.
2: Yeah, that was Nemo's name for it. I think they used the same name at Disney Seas.
1: It's—it was it says, uh mysterious island concept painting may seem awfully familiar to you, Tokyo Disney Seas fans. But trust me, folks, this wasn't only Disney Sea show idea that Imagineers recycled seventeen year uh, over the past seventeen years. But a lot of this is very much different because they took advantage of being there in Long Beach. They were going to have actual um, like a shark encounter cage, they dolphin exhibits. I mean, they were taking advantage of being right there on the coast. But uh, it looks as
2: opposed to being on Tokyo from, and not being right on the coast.
1: Well, they don't do anything with that. They, they're not. They're not using the um, the aquarium concept, which was part of the Long Beach project, was to also be a uh, I don't want to say Sea World, but they had some tie-ins to the actual ocean right. with the animals. Right, but
2: stuff. but you know concepts you know concepts are going to change and vary over you know over the course of 10 years. Space Mountain, 1964, and when it was actually built, Thunder Mountain from Thunder Mesa to what it actually became. Disneyland, from the 1954 Peter Ellenshaw illustration, not to mention the Herb Ryman illustration, and what actually came about in 1955. I mean, it's going to have its evolution on things, and one thing, if I remember correct, uh, you know, the Japanese probably aren't that interested in... uh, you know, seeing the shark cage or seeing that. They'd be more interested in seeing attractions, so they're going to change things around accordingly.
1: Have you you become a Japanese expert
2: now? (laughs) No, I'm I'm just just taking a guess that they probably would would not be, because I'm trying to think, you know, if there's anything like that. I've never heard of it, and the parks that I've seen don't really have that type of stuff, but... I'm just guessing that, you know, they might not have been in as interested in it, so it's going to evolve accordingly to what they what they want. But I'm saying part of the original concept for uh, Disney Seas was actually for the Long Beach plan. And
1: Well, no, I, I think in a very, very, like Mike was saying, 50,000-foot level.
2: I think we can come down to 32,000.
1: I'm not sure about oh, that. It looks heck. similar at that level, but when you, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, they're actually, I think, quite different. Yet they did take some concepts from it and apply it to Tokyo.
2: I mean, heck, for that matter, Indiana Jones from the original, what was originally supposed to be built there at Disneyland, to what we have today—that it still has the same footprint, but it's—they're vastly hey.
1: different between the two.
0: Wouldn't Countdown to Extinction be an original?
1: Uh well, yes, and They'll, because it opens it
0: opened mean, it opened in, in ninety eight with the park right
1: that's and true. It, got it did the, come out before it,
2: dinosaur came and
0: in. it came and it got the dinosaur overlay after the fact
1: yes let's let's forget that it uses the same exact ride vehicle layout as Indiana Jones for a second um, okay
2: <laughs> I, you know so we have to be comp- well if we 're going to be that original, we can't be that original with Pirates of the Caribbean because we've used a flume ride before in
1: Small World. We
2: can't be that original. Okay, Richard. The, used...
1: Richard, Richard, stop us yes. The flume for Pirates, one, not in a trough. Two, not exactly the same layout. Three, <laughs> totally different levels of attraction. Indy and Dinosaur, essentially not a lot different. I mean, left turn at point you know, three seconds into the ride, right turn at four seconds into the It's exactly the same. Even a part where the Jeep stalls? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's the same. And you got to,
0: you know, I, I don't know. Is it the, sure, it's the same track layout, but is it also the same ride motion?
1: Uh, at every well, single... not every, you, you know, still r- have the, you you left still and the same right. But, you know, think of yeah. that part where you go, instead of going under the, the boulder, you go under the was it the T Rex or one of the animals th- at you and you I take the dip down and under.
2: What I'm saying is, I think you're getting a little nitpicky on it because oh, I might we're using be, but that's my right. System, but no, it's not. Not now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: we're using. Same, we're using the same transport system, but we're doing two different shows. So what if it happens to be the same transport system? Are you going to complain because it's, Mr. Toad? Is-
1: it's more than the same right transit? system. It makes a left in the same spot. It makes a right in the same spot. The only difference <laughs> might be a little programming to the, the stupid ride right vehicle, to the shake right and shake left and up and down. Otherwise, it makes a left and a right and an up and a down all in the same places.
2: Now, now you've got me really curious. I, I'm going to have to I, call a couple of people and find that I, out.
0: I don't know, Greg. I, you know, yes, it's the same ride system, but, you know, they use the same ride system in other rides. I mean, yeah. then, then, then you can't call Big Thunder Mountain original because it's a friggin' roller coaster.
2: Space Mountain and both in both Florida and California use the same ride systems. No, they don't.
0: What? Both, same
2: programs
0: they're both tubular track roller coasters are they
2: not yeah, they're using the same programs to uh, uh,
0: you're to, just furiously clinging to
1: your idea because you don't want to be oh, wrong geez. yeah, <laughs> that's oh, what man. it is about no I think I did my research on um, uh, on Mike, space let's
2: you and I we... talk for a little while
0: <laughs> aer- yeah, okay, come on it's a freaking roller coaster where a train, a chain pulls the train up to the top of the hill and lets it fall and down drops it Oh, well, how, how, the, is the, how, the, is that, how is that? So, the how is that? How is
2: that? For the attraction, how is that
0: unique? Oh, because it's inside a dark building. Oh, hey, how else is it original?
1: Oh, it's got a story. Oh no, it's got disco balls and stars everywhere. What the hell? Base Mountain, yeah. Florida, starts by dropping you, not by lifting you. If you can't, if,
2: <laughs> if
1: you can't,
2: if oh, you can't. Oh, I understand. It drops you that five feet before it takes you to the chain lift to take you up. Just also, like
0: the Matterhorn does. Wow, the Matterhorn lets you yeah, go down like five feet before horn, it, it oh, not you up even the chain. Oh,
2: <laughs> drops you down three feet before you go up the chain lift. Come on, if if if
0: if you could call Big Thunder original, then you could call. Countdown to Extinction Original just
1: because a ride system has been used before. It's not... It's applica- okay, Shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> not, oh, there it goes. It's not, uh, it's not that it's... The ride system, it's like, okay, we pulled up the track, we reassembled it in Florida, it's exactly the same lefts and rights, ups and downs. The two attractions of Space Mountain do not make a left and a right in all the same spots. Correct. There is a slight difference between the gravity system in Florida... And the one here at Disneyland, and the blocking of the zones, the it is more, it is more, is more shush more for a second. It's more similar to the Matterhorn than it is to our Space Mountain.
2: Okay, In so so you're tandem, you're not side by side.
1: Your no, problem, no, your not, problem not, the problem is because you know there's new uh, Matterhorn bobsleds,
0: actual I'm new watching. sleds. Yep, new, new trains, new trains for the roller coaster.
1: Yep, new <laughs> sleds on the Matterhorn. Think. Space Mountain in Florida.
2: Okay. Oh,
0: really? With the, with the little pull-down T-bars yep. for laps, set of
1: seat belts. Yep. So now that means six instead mm-hmm. of eight per tandem pair of cars, so I would imagine the line might get a little longer, too.
0: Did you see that on, yeah,
1: on kind of Sunday line. when I ran into you there? No. When I had lunch with um, some cast members and others, one of the cast members was telling me he saw the uh, ride vehicles. Oh, would
0: that be a cast member we all know?
1: Uh, it's but, not the one you're thinking of. No, but yes, we all know him.
0: Okay, um, I bet you it is the one I'm thinking of.
1: Um, he's not tall and skinny.
0: No, but he's tall and sure. big.
1: No, that guy's not a cast member. What? Tall and big? Oh no, no, no! I, I was thinking of the more portly gentleman. No, it's not that one. It's, it's another one.
0: Okay. All right. Anyway, we're all being mysterious. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh okay. Uh, so your problem with Countdown to Exchange is because the track layout is not only the same ride system, but the exact same track layout.
1: No, I don't That's know. That's why it's not original? I, don't I, and, I and I really have to question he, wait, it. Wait, Richard, to he it. asked me a question, so shut the hell up. I don't have a problem with the attraction. I'm just no, – no. I mean, that's
0: why you say it's not original, because it's the exact same. No, no, ride. I'll give
1: you the story's kind of original compared to anything they've done. But I'm saying they all they did was take the exact same layout and apply a new story on top of it.
0: But an original story nonetheless. Yeah, I think and it, and it and the whole And the whole, and the whole an argument's about franchises. Effect. The whole argument's about franchises, not about is the technicalities of the franchise and, and the technicalities of the ride system. The, the question is: Can the, w- what original franchises has Imaginary come up with?
1: Right. And the first oh, thing you might, and the first have... thing, and the first thing that popped out of our mouths was Mansion and Pirates. Yeah. Well, you and might, then we got to think a little harder. You know, you might say that Dino- Countdown to Extinction didn't do that well because as soon as dinosaur came out, they or, or was it actually called Countdown? No, it was the yes,
0: yes. it was Countdown no, it to, Countdown Extinction. to Extinction.
1: And what is it now? Dinosaur. dinosaur. And doesn't have it a little tag on the bottom of it. Oh, eat at McDonald's. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. It seems like it still has something in there, but but you know I don't really really Ray give a Croc crap.
2: Enterprises a owes owes us a check for making that little blurb there.
1: Uh, but obviously they changed to make it a tie in to a movie, which was a. You but know, that
2: came after the fact that the attraction... No, I, I,
1: I didn't. I just said that. I said, they, was it not doing well that they had to change the, the tie-in? For instance, inter, uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure started to out to be like Ellen's Energy Crisis or something like that, which I guess maybe didn't go over so well. I don't know. Maybe Earl can chime in on the forums. Though he'll probably forget by the time he gets home what the question was for him. Uh, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> tip. Yeah. But, yeah. I trust what I'm saying it's. It wasn't any great feat to make, you know, to really develop something new, you know, like Tower of Terror. Though it was developed on another franchise, it was pretty unique, and it's hard to throw that one out. But they did use, yes, another storyline. You know, it's it's too bad they didn't do something like they did in Tokyo, although it's based off of the, um, and the actual- Tower of Terror and DCA as far as the ride system. To be, honest, you know, to be honest to be honest
2: what 's wrong with a franchise though i mean well, well let 's go to let 's go to Indiana Jones at Disneyland and for that matter, Indiana Jones over at uh, Walt Disney World. I like both those attractions I think they 're very successful attractions. Star tours, I thought was a really good attraction, especially in its day there 's nothing wrong with having a franchise on there
1: well that,
0: that, no, no, that, that, you're right're we 're not saying, saying anything 's wrong, just that in the context of of looking at this Reimagining blog entry, he's thumping his chest saying that Disney Imagineering's heritage is building franchises from the ground up. When you take an existing franchise and make it a good ride, you are not building a franchise from the ground up. You have a framework and a structure that you're slapping something on or slapping it onto a framework and structure, whatever way you want to take the analogy.
1: Yeah, but Richard okay. makes a good point. I... I- you're right, you're framing it the way the blog does, but we've kind of beat that. Richard's asked the question, what's wrong with the franchise? And I agree with him, especially since Disneyland was built on a lot of franchises. But maybe the other question should be, isn't it really easier to build your own franchise than to build to the expectation of what somebody expects an existing franchise to be? Can you imagine what people are waiting to see with that uh, uh, that's a good question. That's that, a good. And, and I think that's that Potter the key. thing. And if they don't live up to it, because remember, they'll cause be
0: screwed. Yeah. Go back to
1: the the first part of this show. And what did I say was my biggest disappointment with Universal? Is they half asked existing franchise attractions, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future. They half asked them. And that's part of the reason I'm disappointed with them. If they half asked, um, let me pick a Disney attraction real quick that was new. Uh, let's say the well, Rapids. Let's take-, Cali, let's take Cali River Rapids or Grizzly F- Flats. Well, in fact, you might say those are new oh. franchises, right? Well, let, look, look, what, let's let's use wait, an- wait, Richard. I'm, I'm following through. Let's say they dumb those down. We wouldn't know they dumbed them down, and they're fine attractions. But you dumb down Harry Potter, you're going to be screwed because yeah. that's people are not looking for a half ass Harry Potter. Okay, now, Richard, yeah, what, what were
2: you going to say? No, I was, I was going to say uh, taking existing franchises uh, and dumbing some of the stuff down. I think a perfect example on that would, would be uh, Star Tours and Back to the Future. Both of them came from other franchises. Star Tours, of course, from George Lucas. But how, and, how are
1: those dumbed down?
2: Well, no, this is what I'm getting at is Star Tours, I, th- I think we'll agree, Star Tours was a very well-done attraction. I liked it. I still like it to this day, and how old is it now? But I've stated many times I hated the Back to the Future. Now, I love the movie, but the attraction I hated over at Universal, and part of it was because it, it was really dumbed down, and it really showed, especially when you come in from a world where you've seen Star Tours, and you're, and uh, the advertisements on uh, that Universal put out locally, at least, was, oh, this is very similar. you know, It's just the same type of technology that Star Tours does. And you go in there, and you just... Were absolutely disappointed. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Are you saying that you remember an advertisement? Come right you, uh, come right back to the future is just like Star Tours?
2: <laughs> no, I don't mean... It. It, they were, their whole big thing was that they're using the new simulator technology that's even better. And You go there and it was crap.
1: Okay, so that comes up in when people were describing and interviewing, not in their actual advertisements.
2: Well, people were always uh, claiming th-
1: Okay, yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Um... Bite me! <laughs> <laughs> Not in your wildest dreams, buddy. So, is that pretty much? Uh, I mean, have you any other things to add to that, Mike? I mean, isn't that really what? or oh, maybe Disney didn't go after it really hard because they were afraid that they would screw it up.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, do you really think that Disney's afraid of screwing anything up?
1: Uh yeah. I, I, I think they didn't want to pay too much money. You think she wanted a lot of money? I think so, of course. Or do you think they they wondered whether or not she would be writing them 100% a hundred percent of the time? A pain in the ass, too much, too much more more trouble than it's worth. I was Could reading be. an article on Jim Hill's website. I'm not a big Jim Hill fan, but he's got some good information, and uh, he was talking about star tours, and there were constant meetings with George Lucas, and he was very, very, very involved in um, the development of the attraction. And I think it shows. Short of taking the exact same cue from the previous (laughs) Monsanto's and just slapping some stuff in there um, for the new attraction. But then, I forgot, was it? Okay, I'm trying to think what. It's got to be Indiana Jones, and the article went on to say how They were kind of falling behind on another attraction. And unofficially, Lucas was the producer or the the creative head of this next attraction. Okay. And i got to say it was Indiana Jones. They never saw him. So there was a lot of, um, you know, just kind of scratching heads, scratching butts. What do we do today? No one's checking in with us. I can't think of it other than the stunt show. I can't think of another, right off the top of my head, another Lucas attraction. Um,
2: let, me, let me throw one other thought out on this. You, is with both start With both the uh, George Lucas attractions, you have a relatively technical savvy producer, George Lucas, who has his own production with Industrial Light and Magic to be able to help support and do a lot of the filming effects, a lot of the technical effects that were going to be needed, in addition to WDI. With Harry Potter, you don't have any of that coming to you. You're going to have to develop it from the ground up. You have no backup, and it's going well, to be resting solely on you to be able it, to fix it.
1: Did you read that article closely, Richard? I,
2: I, I was reading it, and I had to turn it off because I was having some problems on okay. uh
1: It told you who they're bringing in. And I just remembered what the story was because it's about the attraction I wanted to see and never got to, Alien Encounter. It just hit me that it was Alien Encounter that George was brought in to make sure it's done right. And kind of the way Jim Hill wrote it was because some things weren't going right between Disney, probably uh, more like Eisner. Eisner, yeah. And Lucas – That is partially the reason we've never seen an upgrade to Star Tours. But um, they were talking about that some Imagineers or senior old-time Imagineers were trying to kill alien encounters the entire time. Because they didn't believe in the concept of the PG to PG-13 attraction at Disneyland or any Disney park to be where it's so scary the whole uh, family can't... um, you know see it together and then there were of
0: course 10 years later they put in you know mission space and
2: well other terror. Right. You All kinds of, are...
1: when you think of think of around the time of alien encounters and who the old guard of imagineering would have been and now come 10 years to the future some of them are dead <laughs> well that that takes care of problems uh, doesn't it well I, you I'm just strong just out a last <laughs> it just outlasts them, yeah. But they were talking about what it was going to take to um, uh, get alien encounters in, and then when the when this particular group of Imagineers got it back, well, we can basically put this attraction in for zero money or very little money because we'll use the same theater, we'll use the same chairs, we'll add some effects. Because I guess originally it was going to be based on the twentieth century's Fox. What well, okay, mr movie buffs an alien attraction 20th century Fox oh
0: alien yeah oh, okay you
1: know, and I guess the the uh, animatronic alien was going to look a lot like uh, the alien, but they didn 't want to pay right. the franchise cost, so they figured they could develop their own, which I think from what i 've seen pictures of looks a lot like Pretty the alien Similar, yeah, <laughs> so they had to retool the pre show and all this kind of stuff to uh, Go away from the alien story, which they had originally written. This was all in a Jim Hill article, and it was very interesting, and it sounded all very plausible. Um,
2: and that that could bring, be another thing too, is with both Star well Star Tours, the Star Wars franchise. Originally, of course, he had 20th Century and Vox involved, but George Lucas has since bought them their quote unquote share out. So he has total control of the Star Wars franchise. He has total control of Indiana Jones. So with those you're dealing with just one person. George so Lucas. Well, well,
1: doesn't doesn't um, Spielberg have a little control on in Indiana Jones? I don't think so.
2: I, th- I think <laughs> as far as the franchise pur- purposes and everything, I think uh, Lucasfilm owns it that fl- <laughs> out, outright on that. Okay, just a question. I, 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 that's, that's just a guess. I don't know for sure. That's just a guess. But Uh, remember there was an article about uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror when they were going through it and they thought, okay, originally they just had to go through Rod Serling's widow. And she was going for it and they had to go to uh, Rod's old, whoever runs what's left of Cuyunga Productions, Rod Serling's old production company. And they got that and then suddenly CBS stepped in and said, wait a second, we still have franchise rights over twilight zone and suddenly now they're having to deal with uh cbs on uh being able to call it twilight zone and there was a whole little hoo-ha on that okay now let's go to harry potter not only are you having to deal with jk rawlings but you still have to deal with i can't remember the production company that is now running it. i remember it was originally
0: warner brothers
2: Well, war Warner Brothers, yes, they're the releasing company. You have to deal with them, but the actual name of the uh, production, I oh, can't, I I'm know. trying to remember the producer that's running this, the movie rights on it right now because originally Chris Columbus was starting it all up, and it was 1492 productions, but now it's somebody else. That I, and I, He was the executive producer from movie one, but it's now pretty much exclusively him and his production company that's running it. So now you have to deal with Warner Brothers, J.K. Rowling, and him, on all the rights and everything, and that might, wouldn't you say, that might be something that, after dealing with CBS, Disney might be a little shy, gun-shy on having to deal with all of them.
1: You know, I found it interesting while listening to that, yes, it's... But, you know, let's see if you can answer this one, Richard. Tower of Terror, Twilight Zone, original idea or not? Tower of Terror, yes. Put it into I the framework. Say, okay. Put it into the, the franchise framework. of Tower of Ter- the franchise of Twilight Zone and Tower of Terror is a combined entity. Original concept.
2: I wouldn't say it's a completely original concept. I no, 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 no. You're
1: missing the point. Was the Tower of Terror envisioned from day one on the boards to be Twilight Zone themed? I, I no, prob- I probably fra- not. Should have framed that in a different way. Sorry. Probably okay, not.
2: Probably not. I don't know. Probably
1: not. Okay, it it is not. And I actually think I would have liked the original better if it was done right, again. It was going to be Castle Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) And they actually had a lot of development talks with...
0: Universal Studios.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Doesn't Doesn't Universal own the Frankenstein or you mean really? You really mean uh, yes. Mel Brooks Frankenstein, don't you? Thank you. you. Yes. Oh. oh, I thought I thought you're just using Mel Brooks' oh, term. No, no no, thought, no, no, no. I thought you meant a generic Frankenstein
1: kind oh, of no, thing. No no, 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 no. It was not the not the young Frankenstein. Young, based on young Frankenstein, and they actually were having talks with
0: Mel Brooks. And
1: thank you. Yes, Mel Brooks. And for whatever reason that fell apart, they went looking for a franchise that was for sale. That's how they came up with Tower of Terror. At least that's or Twilight Zone. That's by the research I found on some semi credible websites. You know, it's funny. I found this. I was. I'm, I'm going to tell you about this interesting article. But I saw this picture of this girl, and it says "Busted T." So this is for Chris out in the Big D. Uh, she's wearing a, a shirt with the United States uh, outline with a red hat on top of it. it says Canada, America's hat. <laughs> <laughs> now there's an article there's a uh blog called well it's like Make, for, keeps for,
2: you warm and fuzzy
1: yeah it's forward slash film blogging the real world spelled r-e-e-l uh the url is actually uh slash film.com but there's an article about disney plans to open george lucasland theme park question mark and it's got whoa whoa, whoa. Where, where is this again this is at You're- slash film.com here, you know what, it'll probably be easier to send you the link because it's, it's very convoluted uh, yes, to get...
2: please, please send the link over here
1: huh. but the point being uh, let's see if I can do this very quickly uh, it's got a picture of Mickey in the Jedi costume with, with good old George and it is talking about a land based on George Lucas or george lucas properties uh, okay now that okay. i've sent you your little links here i can get back to the show uh, of course according to jim hill that's how i found the link because i put in jim hill uh you know it's talking about disney changing the disney mgm theme park to disney's hollywood studio but yep. the park will not just be renamed but restructured into different lands says, like Universal's Island of Adventures. According to Jim Hill, everybody's expert, I guess, there are plans to increase George Lucas's presence into an entire George Lucas, Lucas land that will stretch from the Indiana Jones outpost to the Tatooine Traders. At the heart of the revisited... Why would you say... Re, in the heart of the revisited area will be Star Tours 2.0, complete with a brand-new 3D ride film as well as elements from Disney's Living Character Initiative. Rumor has it that a scene or two from Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular might be replaced with new stunt sequences from the upcoming Indiana Jones 4. Now, this is what I found funny. All right, well, that's not, that's not a lot of space, by the way. No, it's not. What I found funny and, was oof. this line. One What's of my... In, can I, back can I, of, can I, go I ahead, finish? go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, sorry. One of my favorite rides at California Park is the Indiana Jones adventure. And this is where I think some people just make things up. <laughs> but injury lawsuit settlements unfortunately may prevent this ride from being rebuilt on the east coast. Okay,
0: well, we know that's BS cuz it's the same ride as Dinosaur. Well, I, yes. I
1: I just find when people make those kind of assumptions about why they don't build this or that and you know, some lawsuit always comes up and uh, but they go on to talk about a permanent stage for the Jedi Academy that's doing very well out there. Um, about the movie props in the Backlot Express Eatery being replaced with replicas of the the well-known costumes and vehicles from various Lucasfilm uh, products, and you know, that, and then an awesome. Indiana Jones-themed room in addition to the Star Wars-themed room. So, um,
2: and you know, anyway. that's, you know, they they say things always go in cycles and circles. You know. Back in the 80s when we had Captain EO came out and Star Tours came out, uh, I was talking with a couple people, and I even put in a few ideas, and I got these really nice nasty grams coming back saying, well, thank you for your idea. It was nice, but we're not going to do it because anything we do that involves Tomorrowland is going to be involving George Lucas because George Lucas is going to be making all the decisions for Tomorrowland. Why is that a nasty gram? Oh, I just because it came from lawyers, and lawyers always speak nasty. But, um, but back in back then in the '80s, everything was going to involve George Lucas. George Lucas was going to redevelop all of Tomorrowland, and then that kind of went by the wayside. And they went through a whole new thing. And now, even though we have uh, the Jedi Training Academy, like you said, doing very well over at the Tomorrowland Terrace, <laughs> you talk about and. You talk about, okay, is George Lucas... Going? No, we got new ideas going on here. George Lucas, will talk to him, but we have new ideas for Tomorrowland. And suddenly it's going back to... The, and now we're hearing this story of George Lucas Land again.
0: All right. Well, on, underneath the bottom of this article is two comments. Are you
1: reading the, you haven't directed anything since <laughs> 1971 food court?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly... I know one of the names of the rides that's going to be there. It's
1: called Ride, One Accomplishment. <laughs> it's a lifelong oh ride, God. and is right next to the. Haven't directed anything since 1971. <laughs> food. Oh, <court. laughs> well, speaking of food court, the only thing between the
0: stunt spectacular and Tatooine Traders is mm, the Backlot Express.
1: Uh, well, so let's well, we're on uh, Google Earth. We can always uh, slide away from Universal. Uh, I could care less. I, land them and go. I'm
0: looking at my passporter right here in front of me.
1: Good for you. Get some of course, money. The, map, the map's probably not to scale anyway, well, but yeah. Granted that that, you know... Well, remember, I, I have long said I would enjoy a land, a Star Wars land, as much as I'd enjoy a Star Trek land. Everything based off you know, a whole land immersive in those side yes. box type things. We- now, Richard, I went and checked out the Channel 4 midnight showing of uh, what you're calling the remastered uh, Star, Trek? Star Trek. I didn't other than the ship looked like it was CGI, the rest of it looked exactly the same with no new special effects. Um, Wait, which, which, Star Trek is this for? The original series. I mean, all
2: shows
0: have been redone.
2: Yeah, all the shows have been re- digitally remastered. Now, when I say digitally remastered, that means the colors have been re—they've been recolorized. They've been, you know, they've been put back together in their original sequence, blah, blah, blah. So it looks brand new like it comes out. It's not that they're completely redoing the show. It's going to be the original series. But part of that is, yeah, they've added CGI. Cool. to. Oh, all I didn't think they were stuff.
1: changing the storyline. And it's going to be on, on TV? You
2: sound, what, what, no, what no. You
1: you, I said saying? the things like the transporter effects, the phaser effects, these were all updated to new technology. It all looked the same to me. The only thing that looked different is when the, in the opening sequence – the ship looked like a CGI ship, and when they were orbiting the planet, that those effects look redone. The rest of it just looked like a cleaned-up master.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, that's for the most part what it is. And th- no, the, the, my from what I read in the articles, they redid the uh, transport and everything, but they didn't want to change it. They tried, They just kind of kept it to the same way. They didn't try to change it out to some new... Like what Next Generation did on how they did their transporter piece. Right. They wanted to still keep it with the sparkly light thing. But they, they, just...
1: re- they remastered these back in 1984 also, and I had recorded right. them, you know, my brand-new, huge-ass uh, VHS. <laughs> VHS recorder, machine. And uh, was all excited to get all these things remastered, and here they are again, remastered them. Uh, and again, because yeah. so at that time, a lot of the repeats you were getting on uh, TV they were cut down. They were, you know, cut in a few minutes here, cut, a few minutes there. Compressed, yeah. Hadn't but, seen some, some portions of these shows in a long time. Uh, but anyways. The one, I'm, the one
2: I'm really looking forward to is coming up in a couple of weeks with the Doomsday
1: Machine. Mm, AMOC no, I, time was on last night. And it was like, or whatever. I, I just TV. Wait, and, what channel is this on? Channel 4.
2: Ironic, isn't it, Mike? Yeah.
1: Yes. It's on NBC? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What time? I'm going to have to set the
1: TiVo, of course. I think it's midnight. Yeah, it's, I just searched for Star Trek TOS, and I found it. And...
2: Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's midnight on Channel 4. It's it's syndicated, though, so you can't say it's NBC. It's just syndicated to, channel, to NBC Local here.
0: All right, because, yeah, I'd like to see some of these remastered ones. I like the Doomsday Machine. That's, That's
1: a yeah, good one. Okay, they, so they were back to Disney about... and the Indiana Jones stunt pitch spectacular and all that. You are correct. Now, there is not much room, but if he's talking between the Tantooine Trader... And then you got uh, there's Star Wars, there's not or Star Tours, there's not a lot of room unless they push back. But it looks like a lot of that area in the back is support for the stunt theater and and other things. So yeah, it wouldn't be a very big George Lucas Land, but I guess you could <laughs> oh. you could take out the eatery because that you know uh, was that Backlot
2: well, Express or whatever it's called there. What about what about cut and slash some more swamp
1: land and just ex- pushing it farther back? See, if you actually looked at the parks from aerial view and saw what was around there, the cast member parking lot is, uh, oh wait, no, that's the general parking lot, I'm sorry, uh, is behind the Indiana Jones Theater. There is some swampland the other way.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying is you just push into the parking lot and then if you need more parking lot, you push out that way.
1: Mm, yeah, kind of like what
2: Disneyland did with uh, Indiana Jones when uh, they built it, just pushed it further back
1: out <laughs> into the parking
0: lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Toontown,
1: yeah. yeah, hey, they, they, they probably could. You'd have to look at the aerial and see where you know things are to see if it logistically looks like it would would work with what's being described. But um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it's a possibility. Is that the back I, I forgot what that. Where did we do uh, Podfest last year? Oh, that's right. At Backlot, back, Backlot Express. So if you didn't go to that. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah. Well, but I still knew where it was. Yeah, limited. <laughs> you know, I confused that one with the one that's over um, across from the exit of the tram tour. There's a little eatery right there. And, exit
0: to the tram tour. See, to me,
1: that sounds like it would be Backlot Express because it's right next to the back lot. Uh, oh, it's next to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set. I don't yeah. know what the name of the place is. Studio Catering Company. That's the Studio Catering, okay. So, yeah, the other one's probably the Backlot Express. And you know what's kind of odd is the theater, you know, if you go look at New York Street and you can see the big theater building, I guess it was the Hunchback uh, Theater. It just sits there probably for storage or empty now. They don't. Kind of like there.
2: the Hunchback Theater at Disneyland.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> except this one is inside and air conditioned, and
2: Disneyland's is not. It's outside and, well, air-conditioned during the winter. Yeah. And
1: so, heated during the summer. Heated during the summer. And a night show at night. Yeah, it's all, all very funny. So do we have, you know, one, I think we've agreed that we don't think being a franchise is bad or developing an attraction based on a franchise is bad if it's done correctly. Correct. Yes. I, I.e. Right. Tower of Terror at Disney MGM Studio. Done very well. The one here done a little weak, uh, but nonetheless, decent attractions based off an existing franchise. We would agree that Universal Studios, uh, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, E.T. You could yeah. even go as far as saying the uh, what was the one that was based on the the fire movie, Backdraft. No, Backdraft. Yeah. It was Backdraft. was it's just a show. You stood there and yeah, watched it up happen. By yeah, the fire going. Uh, again, uh,
2: you, singed, you singed your eyebrows during the show
1: yeah again half ass ways of promoting your franchise Disney in some respects has done it well in other respects you know they 're just a bunch of dark rides for some of their attractions i 'm actually was kind of disappointed when I heard they weren 't going to do the Harry Potter thing. I thought it was a an enormous opportunity maybe it 's a good thing we don't, but It seems to me like I've heard in the back of my head that uh, we had a chance to do the original movies, and we backed out on that. Uh, So I don't know. There was always rumors that we had a chance to do the original Star Wars, and we backed out on it. So Disney's got a history of potentially passing up on good things. Yeah.
0: Okay, but are they passing up, or are they just playing the conservative role? Well... Because, I mean, they have to strike the balance between, we already had this argument once a long time ago, between a company that relies on creativity to drive its revenue and answering to bean counters and stockholders.
1: Personally, I would like to see, okay, this would be yet another relationship with another third party. And everybody says that she's a pain in the ass and she's all about quality. Now, that said, if she was... There wouldn't be some production differences between the different movies when the directors and producers, or mostly the directors have changed. I, there was a thread going about this on the forums once that I, for the most part, those movies have stayed fairly consistent.
2: Well, you've had the same, the the primary producer has been the same producer through all, all the films. You had Chris Columbus uh, doing the last, the first two movies, I and I cannot remember right now. I'd have to go look him up, the other two directors. But she had a separate director on the third movie. The fourth and the upcoming fifth movie will be the same director.
1: Yeah, a director that had no real, well, he had some foreign film and short film experience. I, I, you know, that seems to be a trend lately. Let's get people who do music videos and short films to do our feature films. I, yeah, I,
0: because they they cut film like the freaking MTV generation likes to see. They're
1: yeah, cheap. they're
2: just those shortcuts and quick moves. Yeah, quick it looks
0: like you're watching commercials strung
2: together. And yeah. they're
1: they're probably cheaper than the the big guys too.
2: Yeah, that's true too.
1: Um, so I forgot. Now you sidetracked me there. Oh, for the most part, those movies have stayed somewhat consistent. Though there, you see, do see a little bit of changes in how maybe the castles represented or, uh, ha- uh, uh what's the big guy's name? Hag, uh, Haggard. So- Dumbledore, oh no, oh, Hagrid, or, Hagrid, 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 you know, where his house is like if you watch to see where they went to him in the first film to so the I think the third or fourth film, and you know that happens that, that that drives me nuts with like Star Trek films where the bridge seems to change with every movie. It may be slight minor changes, and I know technically it could have had a rehab, they could have been in port, you know things can happen, but those are the kind of things that drive me nuts in serial films when they can't keep stuff straight. Lucas has done it, not to the extent that the Star Wars, Star Treks have done it, but um...
0: Well, he's done a better job of keeping his Well, his, I, I, I gotta I say, guess, say his, on, universe, his universe under control for want of a better term. Right? Yes, and,
2: and I gotta say, on Harry Potter, it's very much the same way. You You already had a very well-developed blueprint in the stories and the books of how things were laid out so it's not going to change too drastically between the movies.
1: Well, no, no, no. It, well, It could. What I'm saying is maybe I didn't state it clear enough for you is yes, the movies have, or the books have things laid out, but if you're going to portray the castle in a particular you know, architectural style and detail, then it should look like that every time you see it. Yeah. Uh, Hagworth's house, or whatever his name is, he sh- you know his little hut should always be in the same place and look the same. Correct. And, but and, they try to they try to explain that, uh, the, the
0: but it's magical place and they're, crazy crap. They're, they're
1: very minor changes, so don't, It's not like they they just upped and had a different castle. I mean, you'd have to sit and watch them back to back to probably really notice some of them. The things that stood. Yeah, out... I know
2: was, what you're talking about. Is in the earlier movies you see his. His house is more on a flat land, and in the other movies you see, it's kind of on a slope there.
1: Yeah, and I made some comparisons, and I, I haven't read the books. And so I was blindly making some of these observations based on what I had seen in the movies, what, who I knew the directors were, and I looked them all up and seen what they'd done before. And, you know, I thought the first two movies were kind of light. Then they started to get darker. Now, according to those who read them, that's the way... The, the stories
2: dark. are getting darker, yes.
1: But what little things I wondered if it was cuts in production or maybe the first director cared more than the second director's. The first two movies, you seem to see a lot more of like uh, the ghost wandering the halls, uh, nearly headless uh, Nick, and those guys in the last few movies, you don't see much of that. The first few movies, you were kind of dazzled well, with a lot of those things. Well, I think, I think that's a directing choice. Right, The
0: first two movies are directed by the same dude. Yep. All right, And then that's you start getting your...
1: Christopher Columbus com- was involved as far as uh, producing on the third one, I think. Uh, a
0: third one. Christopher Columbus is not listed as a producer on the third one.
1: Well, I thought he was listed as a producer on the third one. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the IDMB or the... Uh- IMDBS. Yes.
0: No, Christopher Columbus is listed as a producer on the fourth
1: one. Okay, maybe that's where I'm uh, mixing it up. I- I- And
0: not on the fifth
1: one.
2: Yeah, you have the same director on the fourth and the fifth one, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: there's like Alonzo's he? He's He's on the third
2: one. Alfonso
0: Alfonso Caron on the fourth one. A guy named David Yates directed this one that came out this year.
2: Right. I thought David Yates did the fourth one, too.
0: No. Christopher Columbus, one and two. Third one, a guy named Mike Newell. Okay. Number four, Alfonso Caron. And number five, David Yates. And okay, you'll find so two.
2: And David Yates is also supposed to be working on number six right now.
1: Yeah, I, Well, I'm going to check that. Yeah, I'm gonna I think verify. There was something. No one thing yes, you'll, he is. you'll notice, too, that the writers for all but one have stayed fairly consistent. And even on the one that had a somewhat different writing team, there was still one consistent guy on the writing team. Who had pretty much been involved? So, yeah, hey, that, D- a-
2: Mike. Yes, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, while you have that up, who's the exec on that? It should be the same exec on all, all five. No, the the exec uh,
0: changes it. Okay, first one had two, uh, three execs, four execs. Mark Radcliffe, Duncan Henderson, Chris Columbus, Michael Barnathan are the f- the execs, right? What, one it's, number, you, on, on where where number two? Finish, Richard. On number two, execs were uh, one, two, three, four execs. Mark Radcliffe again. Chris Columbus again. David Barron, new. Michael Barnathan again. Number three. Number three, one, two execs. This time, David Barron and a Tanya Sagatian. ha, <laughs> ha. So, you know, it changes every time. Mm. Execs on number f- one, two, three, four. Exec Michael Barnathan again, Callum McDougal, and McDougall. then Tanya's
1: again. I think Scottish is crap. Yeah. <laughs> <But it's- laughs>
0: and then, let's see, number five, David, uh, the only executive producer listed is Lionel Wigram. So uh, the the uh, the producing team has some
2: carryover from one to the next, but not all the way through. I'm gonna. I'll have to look that up, and I'll will have to take take a look and see what because I'm. So you, I you are, one don't guy believe? Then, no, it's not a question. It's, it's not a question of not believing. I remember there's one one of the producers that's been pretty much the. Carry through. That's been carrying it all through. He's been involved in every picture, and I'll have to look it up. And every time, right now, like I said, every time I try to go up on the web, it just kills my bandwidth, and I just I lose you guys all
1: together. Yes, so, we've we've uh, heard. Yeah, but you know they this franchise has been fairly consistent. and They've had the same actors, and a uh, short of a death. You know they they've stayed true. Yeah, that's that's a good thing, and I hope it, Universal does it right. That's all I can say.
0: Same production design and art direction for the first two. Number three. Yeah. So, you know, there's some, there's uh, also an influential person that, yes, you know, is involved in all shows. Be the same.
1: Yeah. Pro- yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, maybe they, you know, some of it, they improved on, you know, technology changes over the period of when they're doing the movies also. And if, if they can do something a little better, you know, not knock, knock yourself out. That's, that's fine. Um, so, uh, so,
2: but for okay. the most part, to I, I guess if we've killed this horse enough, beat this horse enough, I gotta say I still hold true that I don't think there's anything that Disney has to worry about as far it's not going to take anything away. But by the same token, I don't think it's going to. Regardless, I, I hope they do great. I hope it looks good. But Universal does have a reputation. But even if it comes out great. I don't think it's going to really, so to speak, up the ante and make anything different happen around Disney either.
1: Well, see, and this is, you know, again, from three of us who have not been to uh, Universal's <laughs> Island of Adventure. Yes. Um, and I, I, I have looked at some I, pictures of it, uh, and I know how the original part was uh, described. It may be one that people think is You know, fairly well themed. Um.
2: Yeah, I I will grant you that I have strictly Universal out here in Universal Hollywood or Universal City, but I have their pictures and their descriptions and everything, and then I have my experiences going there. And I just, you know, I, I just take that with me to the other park.
1: No, I'm I, same way. I'm on their I'm on their uh, website right now, and of course, their website's about as um, useful as Disney World sometimes, as far as trying to get a good picture and information. It's, it's so much fluff to get you to come. The actual details of what you want to see. Uh, oh, I see they do a Halloween Horror Nights like the one out here.
2: And let's face it, it's it's a movie company, and no matter what the picture looks like. They're going to make it look awesome. Sure. Because that's their business.
1: Uh, yeah, most likely they hired someone else to do their business.
2: Yeah, but regardless.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you have For some
1: reason, do that, did, that didn't sound right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But you know what I mean? Just because they're uh, – you're trying to say because they're a movie – a studio, they can make their right, website the, look good, but it's done by an independent company that's trying to make what you do.
2: Yeah, and and the commercials are all done by outside people and everything. But nonetheless, them being who they are, just as Disney, they're going to know exactly who they're getting, and they're not going to get anything short of the best
1: out there, anyways. Oh, you mean for uh, advertisement?
2: Advertising their websites, all the you know, all the above.
1: Yeah. No, I. I uh, I agree with you there. So, and that's what, you know, Disney does the same thing, so yeah. that's,
2: there's nothing... But seriously, I mean, do you think that even, let's, let's say Harry Potter comes out great, do you think it's going to change anything on how Disney and how WDI has been operating? I think that's what, in essence, that whole article points to, is that they're saying... Oh, this is going to up the limit, but do you really seriously think it's going to change the way that Disney and uh, WDI has been operating?
0: My cynic, the cynic in me says no. The hopeful says, "Gee, I hope so," because only we would benefit from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm being a little cynical. I, it, okay, there's no, I don't think uh, question that I would work at Imagineering in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity. I've got some active stuff going on up there now trying to get in, yet people I know who have worked there tell me, don't do it, in fact, run for your life. I'd kind of like, and they're like, "They're like, what do you think you're going to do, change things? I'm like, no, but you know, maybe I would be a better fit than you were. You didn't like the corporateness of it. Maybe I could deal with it, maybe not. But I'd like to have my own chance to do it rather than you telling me I should never do it. So... I would hope, you know, my, the DF side of me would totally hope that this would be the catalyst to get them back on their way to, you know, the glory years. But Bring about
2: the, a new golden age, so to yeah, speak.
1: But ba- yes, exactly. But based on past practice of the... Recent past practice. Well, uh, yes, recent past... Practice. Last 10 years. I you know I would go more than that because you've got anomalies with uh to- I mean Paris Disneyland which I think is a beautiful park from the pictures I've seen, um. But, you know, obviously DCA was a disappointment. I enjoy the park, but it wasn't up to you know normal WDI type things. They've done some. It wasn't
2: up to the expectations that we had all hoped for.
1: Right. So, um, so that's why I, I tend to be a little guarded on this. Now, I did find a good site that had some decent pictures of uh, Island of Adventure, and there is some nice detail here in these particular photos that are just taken by. This is like an independent uh, um, you know, review, like uh, the unofficial guide type thing. There's some great looking stuff, but then yet I look and I see the big steel roller coasters coming out of buildings. So on one hand, you've got uh, some nice theming and then you've got these huge ass roller coasters just uh, coming out. That's where you take something like you mentioned, Big Thunder, great franchise. The train and the mountain are one, right? Would you agree that the, it goes with the landscape? They work, they right. It's traction it's, to work together. There's good synergy, right?
2: Yes. Right. It's it's it, They've created the quote unquote the storyline, the set line, to where it fulfills everything. There, you don't look like you're sitting on a roller coaster you look like you're sitting on a mountain
1: correct now i'm looking at a picture of the hulk coaster you know it's big it's green it's steel it's what you expect at a six flags type of park or since we only have probably one way to relate it six flags magic mountain you know they've also got some really cool looking stuff but then you like i say you just have these um giants attractions coming out of nowhere you know it's
2: that's probably the best, that's probably the best uh, example of what I've tried to say in the past on one of the problems I had with California Adventure is and Madness. Is you, don't, you just have a steel structure that's sitting there with signs on it. And the way you described it there between Big Thunder and another roller coaster, that describes that. And what's that roller coaster over at uh, Animal Kingdom? That's the same thing. It's just a steel structure roller coaster that has stuff that's been stuck onto it. Which
1: would primeval the, world
2: is what I think. Primeval he's World, about. thank you.
1: But again, now let's take though when you take those in perspective and what they're supposed to be, I know and I know you think it's below Disney standards, but the whole Paradise Pier is supposed to be like a pike. That's the kind of roller coasters you got at a pike. The primeval world is the same kind of thing. If if you if you go around the Dino Land area and you read into the mythology that's created with, you know, writings on the wall and the whole backstory, that was supposed to be like a roadside carnival that pissed off the uh, the um, people doing research. There's this rift between the uh, who's the guys over there in the uh, the primeval world area, Chester and Hester. Chester, okay. You know, they own this gas station or this roadside. Uh, place and you, then you got the researchers there doing their things, and there's a little feud kind of going on, and they put this god awful tacky thing right there. Yeah, but most still, people don't look that deep. But, yeah, you know that that
2: that might be my fault. I'll say that, but still, you know, going with the California Adventure, yeah, you have California Screamin', which I think is great. I think that it is perfect for that area. It's just. I would expect a little, just a little bit more than what Mulholland Madness was. Or is still is, I should
1: say. Yeah, I'm not that fond of an attraction that I'm bigger than and feel like I'm falling out of. (laughs) Uh, Come on, it adds to the thrill. Yeah.
2: And and all you see down below is just concrete and steel and nothing else.
1: And the bodies of the people who have fallen out. And uh, the
2: change that uh, fell out of their pockets while they went through. Yeah,
1: I don't like the crazy mouse, no bank curves and... uh, It's just not my type of attraction, but I think for what the theme of the area is, you know, I could care less about the orange. You know, just a big swing. I see those every year when the fair comes through. Big thrill. Okay, they put a big orange around the swing. Yeah, but that's still kind of like what fairs and pikes are about. So yeah,
2: but yeah, but that's what I'm saying is. That's still, I look at that, you, granted, that's going to be part of Paradise Pier, and it's the theme of the attraction there. But I just look at that, seems, just in my mind, just seems a little bit better and more developed than what Mulholland Madness was. So, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's, that's just a tangent going on there.
1: Well, you know, we might, there was talk about us going to the Island of Adventure uh, when we're out there next week. And uh, no matter what Lugnut says or Wingnut or whatever his name is on the forums, I don't go every week, but I am going in about a week. Um, yeah, you'll have plenty of time, 10 days. 10 whole days. And we were thinking about running out there and I thought, well, you guys go to Island of Adventure because I don't know if I can ride a lot. If you know my back's hurting, if everything's these big thrill rides, maybe I'll go check out the original instead. But looking at this, there is some theming here and there's, you know, you've got the Jurassic Park area and they have a... Jurassic Park Discovery Center that looks like the movie. You know, when you go in and you got the uh, dinosaur skeletons and stuff. Oh,
2: come on, Greg. Take one for the team. Go over there, take lots of pictures for it, and then come back and we'll do a show and you can come back and talk about the theming and everything. No, I mean, mean,
1: I'm I'm, I'm looking at some of these pictures like the Poseidon Lost City. Uh, Now, it seems like I heard Earl say that some of these things are good, some of them aren't good. But, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to check it out as a comparison to what we have here in California. And,
2: and, and I fully expect you to go to, what was that place, Nanu Happy Land or whatever it's called over oh, there? Oh,
1: I'd actually like to go to that. <laughs> that I would. I gotta, uh, you know,
2: I, someday get a trip to Tokyo and visit Tokyo. Narnia. Disneyland. You're thinking
1: of Nara Dreamland. Is that Nara what you're trying Nara to say? Nara Dreamland. Yeah. That's
2: it. Uh, oh, I but agree. I want to go to the one this, in
1: China, too, that says this one's closer than Disney or whatever. I yeah. Think. Total uh, ripoff one.
2: I, yeah, just for the heck of it, I have to go visit both those parks. If I'm going to go all that way, I have to go see that just for the sake of saying, yep, been there, done that. <laughs>
3: all
0: right, speaking of pictures, Greg, are you going to put some up on Flickr sometime?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I've been busy. Not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. And um, all my free time, I have been busy, believe it or not. I actually got a – well, I didn't get a Disney podcast recorded. I got a podcast for – um the software company that I'm doing some work with. Cool. Uh, So I sat down to start to record show number 26, but uh, then this came up and got interrupted. So maybe tomorrow I'll actually get that thing recorded. Uh, But before we go too far, I think it's fair to mention that we're recording on uh, September 11th or 9-11, six years after the World Trade Center. And And the
2: Pentagon in Pennsylvania, too.
1: Yes, and luckily nothing happened today. The packages or whatever they were talking about in the chatter uh, didn't happen. Uh, But I would almost say it would be, um, you know, especially for us type, disingenuous not to do a moment of silence or something for the uh, memory of 9-11. I think that's a fine idea. Okay, so back to the show, and, and
0: I'm so glad you weren't clicking,
1: because
0: <laughs> we can hear you click and type when you do. So. <laughs> I, I, I hit but, one,
1: I hit one click, and I thought, shoot, we're supposed to be silent. And uh, I just saw this thing. I, I rolled over a key my uh, uh, cursor in the Epcot parking lot, and it says Old Key West. And so I couldn't resist clicking, and I'm sorry. I was actually oh, thinking bitch. about 9/11 at the time because I actually got up today with a little trepidation. I was. You know, there was a lot of talk about some chatter and some possible breakup of, uh, uh, some threats. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I doesn't, it doesn't, please don't be one of those days. You know, that's, that's all I can yeah. think of today's, you know, I, I had the radio on or the TV going around the news and not watching my typical shows on History Channel and stuff like that when I, when I was off. So, um, it's a, it's, you know, it could happen tomorrow, but at least we got through today and, uh, uh, yeah. Well I th- I think it was just the they were ma- making the comment last
2: night on the news talking about it. it's not just you know okay it's 6 years later but the fact that it falls on a Tuesday again this year and everybody's just kind of remembering okay where was I on that fateful Tuesday.
0: Well oh, that's that's the way dates work out with leap years you know.
2: Yeah but I mean this is this is just the first time it's <laughs> yes. fallen back on Tuesday and everybody's yes. going back in their same exact routine that they did 6 years ago and uh we're kind of suddenly looking at it in a different way this time.
1: Yeah, so, all right. Now, I know we're a ways into the show. I think we've answered or tried to answer the questions we were talking about, but I think we should answer or read a couple emails real quick. And I happen to pull up Google Earth that will, I wanted to look at one of them that uh, we got one email about. Uh, all right. Uh, Let's be fast. Uh, we will be fast. First one is, is short. It's from Ted, and he's a local. Uh, local to your old hometown, Richard. And Ted Ah, wrote, uh, and I guess he wrote this just to me. He said, I don't say any CC to you guys. I'm a new listener to MiceCast. Thank you and welcome. And I've been listening to the older episodes. I know that you guys do a Disneyland podcast, but I've heard you guys talking about Knott's Berry Farm and on the July 4th broadcast, and I really enjoyed it. I thought I was the only one that thought that Cedar Fair had ruined the park. I'd be interested in hearing more of your thoughts about Knots' past, present, and future, maybe including a discussion of what you would do differently.
2: Hey, that might actually be, would, be a pretty interesting show.
0: It would be fun. It would require some research. I don't know.
1: Oh, oh, Stop that's, that's taboo. Okay. I, okay used, but, uh, I used to work there. The Smoking Hot Wife used to work there. My two brother-in-laws, one of them still works there. That's a bit scary, kind of like Richard. I used to, I used to go there. You used to go there. Maybe we could have an employee come on and talk about what it's like to be an employee now versus then, uh, because he's worked under both regimes. I worked there when Walter Knott still lived on property in a double-wide trailer with skirts, and uh, he died (laughs) I I worked there. So, yeah, I think, though, we're a Disney podcast that's, uh, you know, Disney almost bought. Not very Farm. They were considering it. And, be... and
2: regardless, it's just down the street from
1: Disneyland. That's so right. It's... Regardless, it's our show. We'll do what the hell we want, and I think it's a good suggestion. Damn straight. The other sure. one actually was sent to all three of us. It's from Grant. And uh, says, You you didn't like the fact that the roads to get to Fort Wilderness... Or, I'm sorry, to Fort Wilderness Lodge are somewhat back road. I actually like this, as it makes you believe you are deeper in the woods than you really are. And... I agree with that. I, I guess I may not have stated it very well. I didn't really. What I met, what what bothered me is I was on the bus. It seemed like it was taking forever to get to where I was going, and it seemed very backwoods. It's, you know, you, it is right. It does make it more, say, sec- Theemed. themed, themed and secluded <laughs> to the area. So and
2: and I gotta say that's exactly one of the reasons why my wife always liked that one too.
1: Good. Also, Richard said that it would be like walking from Polly. To the Magic Kingdom to walk from Wilderness Lodge to the Campground. I don't believe that's true. There's a dedicated walkway or walking trail which leads along Bay Lake and then dives into the woods, hooking up to the bike trails between Wilderness Lodge and the Campground. It takes twenty to thirty minutes max to walk between the two. On bike it probably is only ten to fifteen minutes. Of course, there's always the of course yeah I haven't call. been there in a while, so my memory may be fuzzy, but still, to go to Polly to the Magic Kingdom, you have to walk all the way around the lake if it is even possible.
2: okay, He said he remembers doing that from uh Wilderness Lodge into that. I did not go from Wilderness Lodge over to the campground, so I can't say, but I have rode a bicycle from Polly all the way over to the edge, well actually right up to that little canal that uh Takes you to the takes the boats off to the back area, but that's right off to the side of where the monorail entrance is
1: over towards the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's a little but, further than that, Richard, but i give you a little bit of that. But, but.
2: the monorail continued to pass that point and went over towards uh, uh, to the uh, Magic Kingdom entrance area. So I didn't go all the way up into the entrance area.
1: Wait, wait, but, wait. I thought you can't go across that little causeway. That's, that's a dead end.
2: No, there's a, there was a bridge across it. I re, At least I remember seeing one across it. So. Okay, wait. You
1: just said you went up towards the entrance.
2: To that little causeway that goes, that takes the, uh, that they take the boats across there, through there? Yeah, there's
1: no bridge there's like, there. I thought I remember seeing that. I'll and, have to pull well, In I fact,
2: i take a look at that again. In fact,
1: that, I think I was talking to Earl and about the little, um, uh, wa- uh the little pavers you can buy with your name on them? Yeah. You can buy one, and you could be the guy at the end of this trail. Okay, you can walk from the main entrance all along uh, the lake here. You get to that causeway. It stops as a, as a dead end, and there's no way across it. Think about well, it. If there was a bridge, it would have to be a high bridge because it would get away in the way of moving the water vehicles or watercraft
2: or, or a drawbridge.
1: Or a drawbridge, but um, I see no such luck. But you rented bikes at the Poly and rode around at least to, as far as the causeway. Yeah. Okay. Now, I was looking over here at, uh, uh, forgetting that there's a DVC wing here. There is a way uh, we can measure. And, you know, it's. There, I see what I think is the trail. Um, and... I'm just doing a little quick. Yeah, this isn't quick. Oh, shut up.
2: Regardless. What, what's I mean, the, what's our here,
0: time frame right now anyway? I think I'm I think I'm going to just chop this
2: moment.
1: Oh, it's we're well over 2 hours. It's about 0.63 miles. It's about 2 or 2. According to this little, you know, if I chop this little trail up right, it looks farther than it really is. It's not quite a mile uh, to take this trail over to the, like, the Hoop-dee-doo review area, yeah. you know. So it's not quite, actually, it's further away from it than I um, thought it would be. I've looked before at the map and haven't really taken a... Uh, and,
2: and like I said, perhaps, I've, I've never taken the trail over between the wilderness and over to the ground. My memory is going from, I'm sitting at the beach at the Wilderness Lodge, looking across over towards what used to be that whole little... Uh, lagoon area where that you could go swimming at and everything across over to that area of the camp. Where, well, basically where the boat docked over at the campground is what I'm looking at.
1: Uh, you probably couldn't see the actual boat dock from the campground from Wilderness Lodge because there's a little um, you know, protrusion. You could protrusion. see river country is probably what you're, you can see. The edge
2: what, yeah, the river country. country. Thank you. That's yeah. exactly, That's what I'm looking at. But the there. boats
1: would probably be kind of hidden from view based on the angles I'm seeing here, but um, I know, like, say it's fu- your, you know, memories get fuzzy when you. It's yes,
2: a- now they do. Now and then they do. So, but anyways,
1: so that the see Aussie John gave us one that um, is just saying he's going to be out of town and he'll give us a. Uh, he's going on a cruise. <laughs> he's
0: trying to incite us to jealousy. Is what he's doing. I
1: think so, but he's like, make no mistake, this is no classy Disney cruise. This is a two weeks of debauchery, drinking, and gambling on the high seas, and we cannot wait. <laughs> in fact, it's been described as Vegas without the hotel in class.
2: <laughs> and more power to you, John. More power
1: to
2: you, Austin John.
1: So he I, that's that's just a very short um uh
2: Have fun, and as someone reminded me, the more you drink, the stay away from the uh, weather decks and away from the railing there.
1: We'll read this one last one, and it only went to Mike and me, because it's for you, Richard. And this is really kind of an interesting and somewhat funny story. I guess it's funny Uh when when you read it, but maybe if you are experiencing it. And if there's anybody else's that we have not uh, got to... We'll try to get to them next time. Maybe it's time for another mailbag. But it says, hi, okay. Greg and Mike, and sometimes Richard. First off, I just want to say I love the show. Thank you. I've all, I have almost all the episodes stored in my iPod, and I enjoy lis- listening to them frequently and always look forward to hearing a new one. Well, it took me a while, but I finally decided to write you guys. What it took, well, that's the whole story, and let me explain. I had decided to take my girlfriend up to the park from San Diego yesterday, 9-5-2007. For her first trip ever to Disneyland during the middle of the week, well, what used to be off-season? Everything was great about the park. Lines were short. It wasn't too hot. And in all, it was a great Disney day. Now, about half an hour before closing, we decided to hit up the Jungle Cruise, mainly because we had done everything else that day. As we were sitting down to enjoy our trip to the wild jungle, a young Asian woman, and whom we believed to be her mother, stepped onto the boat and sat on the boxes in the middle. Immediately after stepping on the boat, the young woman was a little bit off. She was yelling at other guests and not sitting down, but she was speaking in her own language, to which (laughs) I don't know what it was. Also, I believe I saw her kick another guest. But I think the skip missed that, so already it seemed our cruise would be a little off already. About four minutes into the cruise, after a few outbursts from the young woman, I looked over to see a gentleman with his wife and two children telling her to back off. Apparently, this young woman had been leering at them and looked like she was going to strike. Well... That was all it took. The man jumped up, looking like he was going to hit her, but ended up restraining her. It took three other men to hold her down. She was completely out of control. It was a very unsettling situation. The skipper was trying to handle it, but he was really but it was really the other guests who were keeping her under control. We hauled back to the We hauled back to the dock after the obligatory four shots to signal the dock. We were all escorted off the boat. I just wanted to share this story, mainly because it's the first time I've been involved in an incident in the park. Now my show idea is kind of a riff of this. It mainly involves Greg and Richard seeing how they both work security. I wanted to throw out that maybe you guys should do a show some of the more interesting things that have happened in the park that you two were a part of, or I guess individually, like situations, accidents, emergencies that you were involved in. Thanks for reading. Sorry for the length. Love the show. Bob. P.S. Richard, if you were working at the park, or if you know what happened, maybe you could pass along some info. I know it's probably not ethical, <laughs> but I'm sure there are curious people, myself included.
2: You know, th- that's funny because I think I dealt with that very same lady earlier that day. That that sounds, oh, so familiar. And, yeah, that that's, unfortunately, yeah, that just kind of goes into the things that I wish I could talk about a little bit more. I know, Greg, you're a lot more freer because you've got quite a few years since the time you were there. And you- those older stories are fun to talk about. We could talk about the, but the things that I- I've dealt with more recently just. Uh, it's just not supposed to be talked about.
1: You know, it's funny. There's a lot of stories I'd like to tell about what goes on in the parking lot, but even at R rating a PG 13, sometimes R, I probably still can't tell them.
2: Yeah. It, my, mine's just, and we've talked, when, we, when Greg, you and I were doing that one show, uh, I mentioned a couple times there's just certain things that I really, since I'm still there, I really shouldn't. You're, be you're not talking. comfortable
1: talking about, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, i got a quick question. And this is, it's this whole four shots thing. I understand what the four shots is, and it's usually for a breakdown. And the boat could be towed in, you know, uh, whatever. But if it's a four shot because you've got an unruly guest, you can only come in as quick as other boats are out of your way, loaded up and moved or put off to the side sidetrack uh, at the load area. I just and, don't know exactly what a four shot could do for you if you're back, let's say, by um, the uh, the Savannah.
2: You know, part of part of that, and part of that was, yeah, th- originally, and you remember because you were, you know, the, they would use the guns as signaling devices, and it, because that told everybody else, and what that would signal everybody is get out of the way, don't bother loading up boats, just get out of the way because we're coming in on whatever problem we got.
1: So when they didn't have guns for a while, did they have to yell? Bang,
2: bang, bang, well, bang! Yeah, yeah, well, even, even still, it's it funnier <laughs> because all the boats have had radios for years. And, yeah, they still refer to signaling devices, but all the boats have radios, and they're in constant radio contact. So what they're doing is they're calling on the radio, and every other skipper on every other boat is hearing the call, including the person on the dock. And, for that matter, uh, Central Communications, that's run by security, Everybody hears the same radio call, so they're still using that.
1: A fire now? What? Isn't Central Communications run by uh, the fire department now?
2: No, not anymore.
1: Oh, it's back to you guys again?
2: It's back to security again.
1: Oh, when did that happen?
2: Uh, About a month ago.
1: Oh, well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Not that it makes any difference in my day, but... uh, No, it doesn't.
2: No, it doesn't, and to be quite honest... Between fire and security, they're still part of the same exact division. So oh, it's yeah. just
1: I mean, we were too, but I, I know what you mean. It, it just seems back at home. That's all I mean. It
2: just yeah, it just depends on who your who which manager you answer to this week. So,
1: all right, well, good. Well, I think that probably you know wraps the show up. We had a few different tangents and some off the kind of yeah, all things. Oh, gosh, but, so what? Uh, Any last parting words, there, fellas?
0: Yeah, um, we've had. Another donation, so well, thank you,
1: thank you to uh, anonymous. Since you're not naming Thanks. names,
0: well, you know, I don't know if the person wants to be named or not, but he knows well, who he is.
1: He knows they who knew, he is. they knew who they are, and we thank them.
0: And we appreciate it
1: very much. So, so. oh, you know, the, there's that. The last real quick thing Richard didn't mention, and I was going to talk about it tonight, was the the fort being rebuilt, and you can see it being rebuilt right now on the island. Uh, so. If you get out Yeah, there, and
2: I, I asked you several times, and you've yet to take a real camera over there to take real pictures of any of it as it's going up. Been busy. Well, all I had was my little telephone <laughs> camera. Been <laughs> right busy. Now. Good. Uh, Good. Stay
0: busy. Okay. All right. So does this mean we're done?
1: Uh, yeah. Mike at micecast dot com. Greg at micecast dot com, and sometimes Richard sure. at micecast dot com. Yes. Www. Dot dot com and blogspot dot myscast dot com. Anything else? No. You gonna pick some good snappy music to uh, send us off with?
0: I don't know. I got <laughs> I got to come up with something. Oh, uh, I, I I found the shortest relevant piece of music for the last show because we went so long, and I will look at this one.
2: <laughs> hey, this thing about I, I you know anytime anybody complains about I think about the those. Navy guys and those Coast Guard guys that are sitting out there at sea and they love the long shows, man, because this is really good times <laughs> between being on Just duty. remember,
1: Mike, you can start playing it at a low volume as we're just starting to wrap it up and I'm it, it's Sleepy.
2: sleepy. And, and, and and for Did you hear that, Richard?
1: He's sleepy. sleepy. I'm sleepy. Podcasting first, sleep second. What's the okay? okay. Well, As
0: spoken spoke by the vampire of the group. Yeah. Okay,
2: well, I'm going <laughs> to say goodnight then.
0: All right, good night.
2: Good night.